The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest tonight is Mike Hannigan. How's it going? What's going on? How you doing, Robin? Pretty good. Hey, thanks for coming on. And so what have you been up to lately? Well, I mean, I've been up to a lot of things. I mean, one thing about me is I have my hands in all kinds of different things. Uh, obviously, uh, pro wrestling is, you know, my, one of my number one things that I, I, I do. Um, as far as that goes, I also DJ and uh, run a small mobile DJ business, uh, Sound by Sideshow, also known as SDS Events. Um, and I basically do weddings, corporate events, um, you know, pretty much anything you would need a DJ lighting or, or any kind of decoration like that for. And it's pretty awesome. Let's start back all the way from the beginning. Um, you know, growing up, were you a, um, were you a huge, uh, pro wrestling fan? Well, you know, my, my grandfather, he, uh, he really introduced me to pro wrestling, uh, one thing about my grandfather, he was liked by all, but he was very, uh, my grandma was very, uh, she was a lot. And, uh, he, to, to be with, with, with my grandma, like he was, you know, he had to kind of like, you know, bite the bull a little bit and just be like, oh, whatever, whatever. And, you know, cause you know, she, she let everybody know she was the boss. But one thing, one thing that my grandfather would, would, would never, you know, stray away from was every Saturday morning, it didn't matter what anyone was doing, it was time to put on wrestling. And, uh, you know, at a very young age, um, I sat every morning and watched wrestling with, uh, with my grandfather religiously. Um, I didn't want to go out with my friends. I didn't want to do anything else. But I wanted to watch wrestling. Uh, the, my favorite thing that, that he used to say, and I still remember it to this day, he always used to say, do you want to go mackerel fishing or do you want to watch Dusty Roads? And I'd always say, oh, you know, I want to watch Dusty Roads. And, you know, that's, that's what we would do. Hey, that's pretty awesome. Your uh, grandfather uh, getting into wrestling and all that. I bet it was neat sitting with him watching wrestling on Saturday mornings. Uh, so did he like really get into it? Believe um, really got into the whole kayfabe and everything. Oh, he was screaming at the television screen. I mean, you know, when the when the bad guy would, you know, come out and screw over, you know, the, the, the good guy, or you know, I guess we could talk heels and faces here. You know, when the, when the heel would screw over the face. You know, he would just like totally like lose his mind, and you know, I of course, you know, I'd go along and be yelling with him as well. Um, you know, it was a really big thing for him, and that's like one of my like favorite moments. I mean, even though uh, you know it was only for a short time, uh, he passed away when I was seven. Uh, I still can remember um, like it was yesterday, uh, sitting on the couch and 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 watching with him. So, if your grandfather was alive today. What would he uh, be thinking about his grandson being a pro wrestler? I, I think that uh, he would be very pleased. Um, you know, I mean, that's something he would always like. And I think, I think wherever you know, no matter what you believe in, you know, uh, if there is an afterlife or, or whatever or anything, I think if there is, he's uh, definitely pleased and 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 definitely probably probably gets a kick out of it, if anything. Um, you know, seeing that that's what I do. And, and you know, it, it kind of was all for, you know, in the beginning, it just was, you know, with him in mind. Uh, even when I first broke into the business, you know what I mean? I always thought, you know, part of this is for me, 
but a lot of this is is, is for I used to call him Pop is for Pop and and that's just uh, I think he'd he'd really. Really, really be pleased. This would pop him big. <laughs> I bet he would be. I, he'd probably be a huge fan of yours, and he'd probably be at every match of yours in the front row, man, getting into it. He'd probably be yelling at uh, your opponent and all that, too, and you'd probably be just get, having that little smile and chuckle. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. It was, it was really hard, too, you know, when, when he passed away because, you know, I really didn't grow up with a father, um, you know, and my grandfather was really my own only, like, male, like, you know, authority figure, in my life, you know, I had my grandma and I had my mom, and my mom, you know, she was the kind of woman that worked, you know, holidays, double shifts, whatever she needed to do to make sure that the family had everything that they needed, and we always did. We weren't a rich family, but we, we always had what we needed and, and got to do, a, you know, some of the little extras and stuff like that. So, you know, when my grandfather passed seven, it, it, it was, you know, it was very devastating to me, you know. I, I think, you know, at that age, too, you know, you really don't understand death and you don't understand, you know, you think that these people that are in your life every day are going to be with you forever. So it was really hard for me to, uh, you know, kind of grasp that situation. But uh, the first thing my mom did is she went and got tickets um, to, at the time it was WWF, USF Sundome in Tampa. And she went and got us, like, really good seats and, and took me to... You know, my first real big, big-time wrestling show. Uh, we uh, had a great time there, and my mom would literally leave halfway through the show to go down and wait in line in the box office to make sure we got good seats for the next one. Hey, that's a cool mom getting you into for the love of wrestling. So she must have really loved you to uh, really do some great things for you for the love of pro wrestling. Uh, you know, my mom, uh, you know, I mean, you know, you probably hear people say this uh, all the time, how, you know, their mom is, is the absolute best. And, and, you know what I mean? I know different, you know, people, different situations. Of course, people are going to look at their mom as, as the best mom. But she truly was. Like I said, she, she worked hard and, and, and tirelessly. And, and you know, we, we sacrificed holidays. Every, every holiday was always on a Friday because that was her day off. So... You know, if, if Christmas was on a Wednesday, we celebrated on Friday. If, if Thanksgiving was, you know, Thanksgiving being on a Thursday, you know, we, we, we celebrated on a Friday. It was always, you know, that with her just because, you know, she always worked holidays. She worked in the hospitality business. She was a waitress. Then she was a cashier. Then she got promoted to banquet coordinator. Um, and, and, you know, she just, she, you know, she worked and she worked hard. And I think that's where I get my work ethic from. Um, I definitely accredit that to my mom. Um, you had a, a troubled past in your late teens and early twenties. Yeah, you know, and you know, like for a while, I was really ashamed to talk about it. But you know, now you know, I, I realize that's a part of my life. Um, you know, good or bad, and I, I really believe in the butterfly effect, uh, where no matter what happens, whether it's good or bad, it leads you to where you are today, and. Uh, you know, I, I I was influenced by, you know, people that were older than me. You know, I turned into a teenager. I started, you know, uh, cutting out of school. You know, I started, you know, uh, you know, experimenting and, 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 and you know, and, and, and doing some, you know, dumb things that, you know, young kids sometimes do. Um, and it, it landed me in a lot of trouble. Um, one thing I will say about my mom is she never gave up on me. 
you know, even when she should have, you know, even when most people would have, she never gave up on me. And, uh, you know, I, I ended up uh, getting in some trouble and actually they made an example out of me and I ended up going away for a little while, if you know what I mean. Yes, I do. Um, this was, now this was, this was, you know, I was already involved in wrestling at this point, but, and I, you know, I think part of the time, because it was back in like, you know, like the 90s and the early 2000s, you get, back then wrestling wasn't like it is today. You know, there was no wellness plan. There was no, um, you know, uh, you know, you weren't under the microscope because of social media and stuff like that. Pretty much, you know, a lot of these wrestlers went out and they partied and, 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 you know, and, and got crazy and stuff like that. And that's, that's exactly the life I lived at that time. Unfortunately, you know, I didn't know when to quit and, uh, you know, made some foolish mistakes and ended up locked up. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you, it, you know, it gave me a lot of time to think. And it gave me a lot of time to realize that, you know, hey, you know, I had my fun. Now it's time to really turn my life around and, uh, and you know, be a better person. And like I said, I, I didn't want to talk about this for so long because, you know, I was embarrassed and, you know, uh, but like, now I look at it like I hope people hear my story. I hope people understand because there's so many people that, that, that you know, get in trouble and the legal system is such a revolving door. You know what I mean? People get in trouble, you get you get out, you do good for a while, you go right back into the system. And, you know, maybe people can hear my story and they realize that, you know, it doesn't always have to be like this. You can fix yourself, you can better yourself, and you can rise above and overcome, uh, you know, those kind of adversities that you face in life. I totally agree with you as well, and that's a that's a great story. So for my listeners who are listening or will listen, you know, later on, so they can learn from that. Maybe they're in the you know in the same situation as you. So uh, pro wrestling has really helped you uh, get your life changed around as well. Is that correct? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I think in several ways. You know, when I was really young, you know, I was a small kid. You know, I, I was pushed around. I was bullied a little bit. I was always a popular kid. People liked me and knew me, but I was never like the one that, that you know, really could hold my own in a fight. And I would sometimes get picked on by, by you know, by some of the bigger kids and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I got into pro wrestling kind of, it was kind of weird how it happened. Uh, you know, when I was really young, my mom used to film me and my friends beating the crap out of each other in her front lawn, like tearing up her lawn. We'd like put... <laughs> Um, four, uh, like, broomsticks in each corner, like, in her grass, in the dirt, and then tie uh, a rope around it, and then put steps ladder, like, little step stools <laughs> in each corner. And you watching those old VHS, uh, VHS tapes, and I did this a couple of days ago, I watched it, I was like, oh my God, we totally screwed up her lawn, and she's sitting there with her camcorder out in the heat filming us do this for hours. And, uh, you know, when I was 15, I went to a, I went to a technical school and someone told me something about, oh, well, we got this like little like wrestling kind of club, you know, going on and whatnot. And I was like, oh, I want to, you know, check that out. And, uh, you know, I, I started going over there and, uh, you know, in the beginning it kind of did start out and I, I definitely want to condone against like this specifically for today's wrestlers. But it kind of started out as almost like a backyard kind of thing, you know. But again, I was 15 years old at the time. And there were some, you know, there were some kids, like, mostly older than me at that point. But what we started doing is somehow the guy, Bill Peters, that 
that ran this whole thing ended up going to uh, the Sportatorium down in Tampa and got some of us able to go down there and we got to actually work out with a lot of like the the popular indie guys at that time. Um, you know, keep in mind, I'm like, you know, 15, 16 years old, six, about by this time, about 16 years old. Um, no one ever questioned me because I always had a beard and, you know, uh, hair on my chest and stuff like that. And uh, so, you know, I was going down there, you know, just pretty much telling people, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm 19 and, and, and going down there and training. And, uh, you know, I, I, I learned quite a bit at, at that age. Um, what I really, when I really started getting my actual training, um, was I'd say about right when I turned 17, uh, we did a show, we had a really good ring. I remember our organization had a really, really good ring and, uh, Brian Nobbs with the Nasty Boys, who, who I actually just talked to like Saturday, um, he uh, called up the organization, it was called WPWF, and asked if he could use the ring. And, and we're like, yeah, sure. So we rented out the ring, and we went there just to help set up and tear it down, and we ended up working an opening match. And it was great because it was at this school in Titusville, and there was thousands of people there, you know, because it was all like, you know, WWF legends. It was the Bushwhackers against the Texas Hangman and Tatanka against Brian Knobs and, you know, Sher Sensational Sherry was there and Jim Duggan and B. Brian Blair and, 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 and all those guys. And it was, it was just, it was just such a, a, a surreal thing at that time, you know, because at the time I'm still green, still kind of a mark, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, the cool thing is at the end of the show, I was approached by Steve Kern who at the time was uh, pretty much the head trainer over at Dean Malenko's school in Tampa, and he invited us to come over there. And that's where I really started getting my real training. But I would definitely say, I know I'm kind of jumping from subject to subject, but I would definitely say that wrestling has helped me in, in, in more than one way. It also helped me, after I, I had gotten out of jail, be like my driving force to kind of like rehab myself. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that as well. Um, there's some great stuff um, that's done in your career as well. Um, you wrestled uh, Spike Dudley, uh, Dudley um, at the original ECW building. What was that like to be in there with all that history? Well, you know, I'm, I'm originally from, like, right outside of Philadelphia. So that was, like, my home, like, stomping grounds. And, you know, while I was growing up in my, my early or my late teens and my early 20s, like ECW was like huge, huge. And this was several years later after I had, I had done my sentence and I had been out for a while and whatnot. Um, but I, I had worked with a guy, Adam Flash, from Combat Zone Wrestling. Um, they flew him down here for an ITW show, and we ended up uh, wrestling a match against each other, and we immediately, like, became friends. And then, you know, I, you know we... I brought him down for another show and, and whatnot. And finally, he's like, hey, I'm running this show at ECW Arena with Velocity Pro. I'd really like you to come up and I'd like to return the favor. So I'm like, yeah, well, that would be, that'd be cool. I'd, li I'd love to. Now, I knew Spike was on the show, but he was originally just supposed to do like a meet and greet, sign yeah. autograph, maybe cut a promo or something. So I had no idea, you know, at the time when I'm getting on my, you know, flight who I'm wrestling or what I was doing I just knew I was going to be on the show at, at the arena which in itself to me was just awesome just to be in such a legendary building and, and you know and be around guys like 
Stevie Richards was on the show. Uh, uh, Billy Gunn was on the show. Um, so, you know, I was just really cool with him itself, you know, that kind of history. As a matter of fact, I just found I had no idea. Um, but Corey Graves was actually wrestling on that show. I forget what the name he went by on the independent scene, but it's gone back through some pictures and I looked and I'm like, holy crap, that's Corey Graves. <laughs> I, was, I think it was like 2008, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, you know, you know, my plane touched down. And I, I, I called Flash, so I'm like, hey, you know, we're here, we're good, we're about to check into our hotel. And he's like, hey, man, um, I was asking Spike if he was willing to work tonight, and he said, yeah, so uh, how do you feel about working Spike? And I was like, are, are, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this is a joke, right? He's like, no, 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 I, I really would love to have you wrestle Spike on the show. And it was just absolutely, probably one of the, like, my favorite points ever. Um we went out there and we like tore it up and uh you know i i'm, I'm not going to say we had matches of the night but we had definitely one of the matches of the night um and you know it, it, it couldn't have gone any better and that was definitely I, I would definitely say that's a big highlight of my career and that's awesome and then another guy you got in a ring with as well is very interesting as well he's part of aew now and that's uh darby allen Darby Allen, uh, the funny thing is, uh, we're doing an IPW show, which is one of the organizations I worked for back in my, you know, early 20s. Um, Ron Nemi is the guy that runs it, and he decided to run a reunion show with guys, and I'm, I'm probably one of the few guys that's still, you know, you know, working, you know, uh, out of those guys. Um, but, you know, IPW, you know, we, we had guys back in the day, uh, like Roderick Strong, you know, started out there. Um, we had guys like uh, AJ Styles came through. I mean, it, it, it was really, really a cool concept, and it kind of rolled off the, the ECW thing at the time because that was so big. It was just a local thing that ran shows in Tampa and St. Pete. Well, he decided to do a reunion show. This was last July, not the one that passed in 2018. And uh, originally, my opponent was supposed to be Joey Janela. Ooh. And, but I guess... He was going back and forth from 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 California to Florida, back to California, and he missed his flight that morning from California. And uh, Darby was already on the show, and they wanted a you know a main event, so they changed it up, and I ended up working Darby. And I, I got to say, at first I was really disappointed because I knew Joey like you know from you know more so than I knew Darby. Um, at the time, but I, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, it couldn't have gone any better. Uh, Darby and I had a crazy match, and it, it actually ended where he threw me off the top of a U-Haul. Damn! Yeah, through a table. It was, it was, it was pretty sick. It was a crazy, crazy bump. Um, I, I, I can't believe I walked out of it as well as I did. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it looked a lot higher once I got up there. You know, when, you, when you're when on the floor looking up at the U-Haul, it doesn't look so high. But when you get on the top of the U-Haul and you're about to fly off it, you're like, eh, this is not a good idea. <laughs> and, uh, but no, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a fantastic match. I really enjoyed working with Darby. And it's so good to see him and Joey both be very successful in AEW. I think so, too. Um, they're a great talent. Um, also, let's talk about um, your uh, tag partner 
uh, CJ O'Doyle, and you guys are part of the tag team, the Celtic Sinners. Um, how did that all come to be, and how did you end up hooking with CJ Doyle? Because for a while, you guys were feuding before you guys finally got back together again. Yeah, you know, we have quite an interesting like wrestling relationship with CJ O'Doyle. Uh, you know, we're both boys from Philadelphia. We're both Irish. Um, you know, we both like to kind of like work that kind of strong style out in the ring. Um, so it, it was kind of funny how we were put together. We were put together back on this promotion called Pro Wrestling Riot. And uh, you know, we, that's where we became the Celtic Sinners. The funny thing is, uh, Pro Wrestling Riot, shortly after they paired us together, maybe ran like three shows maybe and then just folded. Wow. Yeah, so I mean I mean they, they they ran they ran a bunch of shows, but once we got paired together, it was only for like three shows. And uh I went back to working for ACW, which is who uh organization I still work with now today. Um and I pretty much, you know, told the the powers that be I'm like, Hey, I know this guy CJ O'Doyle, I'd like to bring him in, I'd like you to check him out and and, and you know, maybe you'll get us tagging again over here. And uh, pretty much that's what happened. And they brought him in, and that's where we really started excelling together as a tag team was in the ACW. And it's so funny because, like, we're, we're very much the same, <laughs> but we're polar opposites at the same time. It's like, you know, we're, we're the same as, 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 as far as our mind for wrestling, though, you know, our, our, our kind of our style can be somewhat the same. Um, and, and, you know, our, we both enjoy doing things like, you know, like the Savage Race, the Mud Runs, we love anything adrenaline, roller coasters, uh, skydiving, we've done all these kind of things together, um, you know, over the course of the years, and, uh, but at the same time, like, we're like, he's like a total, like, straight edge, like, he's never even had a drink, not even a beer, not a glass of wine, nothing, you know? So that, that, that's kind of, I mean, I know that's not really that big of a deal, but it, 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 it's kind of like where we differ, you know, like at first people were like, like really the same person, but they didn't realize that we actually are um, when it comes to, you know, our mannerisms and, and we're both kind of control freaks. So sometimes that kind of clashes, um, but no, we, we, we uh, tagged for quite some time and then, uh, Pretty much did I did a cage match and won the ACW heavyweight title, and then afterwards CJ attacked me and uh, wrapped the the right cord around my neck, and that's where he started uh, getting his catchphrase "You're selfish," and that was the whole idea. He was kind of thought I was selfish for you know pursuing the heavyweight title and kind of leaving him behind, and it ended up uh, escalating into probably one of the probably one of the best views. It's pretty awesome. Um, another question I'm going to ask you too is: um, I, I know everybody calls you Sideshow. How'd you come up with Sideshow? Sideshow, actually, I came up with. Uh, it's not something I came up with. I actually got to credit um, my past bandmates. Uh, when I was 17, I was in a band called Wet Spot. Um, we were like kind of a metal kind of band, mm-hmm. and you know, we did we did originals and covers. And we played a lot of local bars. Now, here's me, 17 years old, like in the band with people that are in their like mid to late 20s. 
So, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're playing, I, I played bass and did a lot of like the backup vocals and the screaming vocals and whatnot. Um, so we're in this band and we're just kind of, you know, going to bar to bar, you know, I'm 17 years old and here I am at bars playing and drinking beer and everything with, with these people and no one knows the difference. Uh, the, the lead singer and I guess the leader of the band, uh, he used to have a house on the street called Hacienda Way and everybody used to come over for band practice. Like the whole street would leave their houses and come over and hang out for, for band practice. You know, at the time I had a really gothic girlfriend and they started calling her Mrs. Double S. <laughs> so I didn't know what that meant at first because I'm like, well, wait, that's not her initials. That's weird. You know, I'm like, hey, Mrs. Double S, Mrs. Double S. Because they, they used to introduce me as the sideshow of the band, Mike. You know, at the time I, you know, I, the gothic thing was really like in, you know, wearing the makeup and the long braids and like the piercings yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, that that's how that kind of started. So everybody just started calling me Double S and Sideshow and Sideshow and the name just kind of stuck because Mike, yeah, you know how many people are named Mike? You know, you walk into a room, you yell, Mike, probably 10 people are going to turn around if, you know, it's a, it's a packed enough room. So uh, that just kind of stuck with me. Um, and, you know, uh, it actually didn't become my wrestling name until after I had gotten, you know, done doing my time. I, I went by OG Scarface, actually, for for many many years and I kind of kept that and when I got out I decided well everybody knows me as Sideshow you know what I mean it, it fits me more I'm really not like the gangster kind of you know person anymore and I don't really do that kind of gimmick not like my kind of thing anymore so it just kind of turned into you know my wrestling name and it kind of stuck ever since and now I have people that never call me Mike they just call me Sideshow. Even, even my mom, like, when she talks to me, she's like, oh, I'm Sideshow's mom. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I bet she likes that. <laughs> yeah, you know, my, my mom. My mom's cool. At 77 years old, she's very hip. She's very cool at the new times. And, like, like, more than anything, I I enjoy giving back to her now. And I, I'm able to do that now. You know, now that she's, you know, 77, she's retired, you know, and, and she does need help financially, and, and she does need help sometimes. But you know, that's that's you know, I, I'm more than happy to do that for my mom now, uh, and and give back to her. There's, there's no better feeling than than making my mom smile. You know, at, at her age, you know, she's worked all her life, she's busted her butt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you know, nothing makes me happier than being able to take her out to eat, or you know, uh, she loves to eat. She's, well. <laughs> I, I, apple didn't fall far from the tree. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge foodie myself. But, uh, you know, taking her out to eat or, or taking her out somewhere. I actually took her on a cruise. Um, she's never been on a cruise her whole life. So I took her on a cruise just uh, in September. And me and my girlfriend, my girlfriend's 10-year-old and her, we all went on a cruise. And it was, it was great. And she had the time of her life. Now all she can say is, when are we going to our next one? <laughs> That's cool. Um, also, let's talk about some of your passions outside of the ring as well. Um, you are a huge horror movie fanatic, and um, you have like a horror room with a lot of autographed stuff and collectibles. What got you to fall in love with horror, and what was the first movie that really got you into it saying, hey, I like this? Well, you know, it was, it was kind of funny because in the beginning it almost was like a love-hate kind of thing. I, I feel like 
like horror movies, sometimes the people can be almost like as a the big of an adrenaline rush as riding a roller coaster or, or you know, jumping out of an airplane or something, you know. Maybe not quite as big, but I mean, you know, you're watching it and, you know, you get those scares, you get those jump moments, you get, you know, that, that time when the killer finally reveals themselves or, or kills the main character. Now, I know it sounds like very macabre and, 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 you know, evil and stuff like that, but I don't know. It was, I think when I was young, one of the very first movies I saw that I can remember that scared the crap out of me was the original Poltergeist. And uh, I think I seen it when I was like six. And, you know, now going back and looking at it years later, I'm like, how was I scared by this? This isn't even scary, you know? This is, you know, terrible, terrible, like, effects and, you know, that, that Steven Spielberg, you know, music in the background. But as a kid, it really scared the crap out of me. And, uh, you know, then there was another movie called The Gate, I saw, I think, with Steven Dorff. He was, yep. like, a child. And, it, and these, these movies scared me, but... At the same time, I was kind of intrigued. Like, I, I was scared by them, but I wanted to see more. I wanted to see more. And then I really got into the Elm Street and started watching, like, some of the Elm Street movies. And that was pretty much it. Once I got into the Elm Street movies, like, it was, like, my first, you know, like, love for, like, really, really the love for horror. And then I got into Friday the 13th and the... And the, the Halloweens and the, the Hellraisers and the Child's Plays and, you know, everything in between, The Exorcist, all these movies. And, uh, you know, as I grew up, I just kept getting into more and more and then found out they actually had these horror cons. Yep. Matter of fact, I just went on Saturday, this past Saturday, the Spooky Empire in Tampa. And, you know, you get to meet these people. And, and to me... That meant more than anything because, you know, when I was a kid, while everybody else, they had their heroes being Batman and Superman and, and all that. Mine were, you know, Freddie, Jason, and Michael Myers. Um, so, yeah, I collect lots of stuff. I actually have a horror room in my house. I blocked in the windows. I put fake blood spatter on the walls. I've got, like, machetes in the wall. I've got shelves. And I've got action figures, a signed Freddy Krueger glove. I just got my... Uh, Hellraiser box signed by Clive Barker and uh, some of the cast of uh, Hellraiser 2. I mean, just, just all kinds of things. And it's kind of funny because when people come into my house, my whole house has like a little little bit of horror in it. You know, it's very Victorian. Uh, I've got gargoyles out in front of my house. Um, I've got like the, the speakeasy wooden door where you open the the window to see someone and, and everything. It's, it's very Victorian, Gothic-like. Uh, I've got Ouija boards as well. So people come sometimes to my house for the first time and they're like, hmm, I don't know about this. And then they go to use my bathroom and over the toilet I have a picture of a girl eating an arm. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, like there's several people that have been and told me they've been in there and they looked and saw that picture and like, yeah, I'm going to get out of here as soon as possible. <laughs> you know, and then I show my horror room. But once people get to know me, they know it's just something I really enjoy. But, I mean, I could I could watch a scary movie every day and, and I would never get sick of them. Since you fell in love with horror as well, I'm a big horror fanatic, fan, fanatic as well, um, there's a lot of pro wrestlers who are big horror fans too, and they transition some of their love to horror into their you know, characters in the ring. Um, have you ever thought about doing that with Sideshow? 
as, as a matter of fact, I have. Um, I, I have this entrance I do with the ACW now. We, we do it at this little event center. It's, it's hooked onto the mall that's local here. It's called the Gulfview Event Center. And it used to be an old Buffalo Wild Wings. So they've got a bar, and they've got, like, this big open area, nice place for a ring and, and everything. And what I do is, instead of entering from, like, the curtain, I enter from behind the bar. And I, I always have different kinds of masks and uh, that I come out to the ring with and, and different kinds of, like, scenarios. And for, like, the bigger shows, like, for instance, when I wrestled Darby Allen on the IPW show, I had a bunch of people come out and, like, different masks like they're like from the purge and i did the whole you know the purge alert went off and the alarm went off and and came out with like the like the glow in the dark purge mask um i i just recently was dressed like beta from uh walking dead um i actually have a little person friend of mine that actually dressed up in a suit and wore the little uh puppet mask and rode around on the tricycle around the ring and I had like the, the pig jigsaw mask that I came out in. Uh, so we've done all kinds of different, you know, scenarios with that, uh, you know, as far as that goes. So yeah, that's definitely something I have incorporated into my wrestling, into my entrances and stuff like that. You know, everybody knows how much I'm into it. So I, I like to portray that and kind of, you know, I think, I think horror gets a really bad rap with a lot of people because people think they're like stupid or people like, can't stomach it, but I, I really think that some of the most artistic people I've ever met and some of the nicest people I've ever met have been like really into stuff like that. Hey, there's nothing. Basically calling you a nice person, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Um, another question I'm going to ask you. I always ask this to guests on my show. Um, if you can change anything about pro wrestling and how fans perceive it, what would you change and why? Hmm. I would be gone for hours about some things nowadays. But I think uh, the biggest thing nowadays, I think like people like the promoters, um, you know, underutilize some of their talent. You know what I mean? Um, I see it, you know, on indie shows everywhere, all the way up to WWE, um, you know, where guys that, that really should be pushed and really have, you know, busted their butts and, and, and you know, to, to be where they are, just they're not getting the proper recognition because, you know, this guy is a promoter's boy or this one, this guy is a second generation wrestler or, or you know, this one is, is buddies with this one. You know what I mean? I feel like some guys get a bad rap. I also feel like now in the independent scene, there's way too many people that are wrestlers that shouldn't be. I think it's it's kind of changed a lot. Um, some for the good, you know, obviously, you know, like back in the day, I mean, they're, you know, I, I like it now that, you know, people are drinking in the locker room like when I first started. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I feel like, you know, sometimes people, I don't know, I, 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 I think a lot of guys, I think there should be a lot more men you know, in wrestling, and, and, and I'm not trying to say that as like a, you know, a, you know, against women, but the same thing with women, I think there should be more women in wrestling, and not girls, and not boys, I feel that, you know, you have to be tough to do this, this isn't ballet, and no matter what you heard about it being, you know, oh, this is 
stage, this is where you're grand, this is real, this is this, this is that. The injuries happen, and you're like basically going out there knowing that, hey, I'm going to get hurt. This is going to hurt really bad, and this could go really, really bad. But you still go out and you do it. And I think there are a lot of people out there that, that aren't willing to put in the extra nowadays. And I know people complain, oh, well, this is spot sex and this guy's doing too much and stuff like that. But I feel like, you know, if you're going to go out there and do it, do it. You know, you, you're going to go do something, regardless of whether it's wrestling or your career or anything you do in your life, don't go out there and half-ass it. You go out there and you, you do it. You know, if you, if you love it, you do it. You know, if you want to make money in it, you do it. And I, I think that a lot of that, and it transcends other sports too. It transcends the NFL, it, it, the NBA and stuff. There are a lot less players and a lot less wrestlers that go out there for the love of the business, the love of the game, and more than they're going out just for the paycheck or just for the prestige or just, you know, for their own, to stroke their own ego. And I think, like, when you go do things for all the wrong reasons, I think so too. I was talking with somebody about that the other day. How um, there's people are real serious to doing it, like how you say half acid. Um, I was talking to a pro wrestler I know as well. Um, hates getting into the ring with wrestlers that are half trained or they skip through or anything. And there's like wrestlers who've been in for years that can't even do a decent bump. Yeah, you know that, that, that's a problem. And I don't know, the thing is, these promoters, a lot of these promoters are so quick to just want to save money. They just want to save a buck, and they know, like, oh, well, I can get this decent talent and pay him X amount of dollars, and, you know, he actually could actually keep people here and, and, and interested, or I can get three guys that'll work basically for free. You know, I can tell them to do whatever I want, yeah. and then they just go out there. But in the long run, that just hurts everybody, because it kind of makes the people that might have been on the fence about, well, I don't know if I like wrestling or not, but I'm going to check this out and check out this show. And then they see these guys and they like, oh, well, maybe that's why I didn't go to shows before. You know what I mean? Or, um, in retrospect, they can go see, you know, two guys get in the ring and have a match. And, you know, we, we all know that wrestling, you know, what it, it's a work and, 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 and whatnot. And we all know that, you know, um, it's a lot different you know, than it used to be, but it's nice to bend the mind a little bit, you know what I mean? It's nice to, like, go out there and, like, for people to say, wow, ow, well, ow, that, you can't, you know, that can't be, you know, fake, that can't be choreographed, that can't be, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So where, so where can everybody follow Sideshow Mike Hannigan? Oh, well, I mean, you know, basically you can check me out, um, you know, on, on ACW shows, um, American Combat Wrestling. Um, I do those a lot in Newport Ritchie, um, right outside of Tampa, Florida. Um, ACW is going to be your main thing. You could also uh, check out my business for all your mobile DJ needs at sbseventflorida.com. Um, like I said, I do weddings, corporate events, and whatnot as far as that goes. Um, I work at a bar called Skinny's where I do their ladies night every week. Um, just kind of as a fun thing to fill out my week because most of my, most of my work's on the weekends. So it's nice to kind of like have like a resident bar gig and play some music and hang out and, you know, have a good time there. Um, as far as wrestling, um, this year I'm pretty much 
going to uh, take the rest of the year off, and I'm going to start fresh next year. Um, I'm 40 years old now. I've been doing this since I was 15. So basically, in wrestling years, that makes me like 65. <laughs> um, it really does. I mean, you know, there, it, I've gone through some serious concussions and injuries and stuff. It's nothing short of a Christmas miracle that I'm not in a wheelchair right now, you know, knock on wood. Uh, but I'm going to take the rest of this, the holiday season um, to heal up. I've got a couple lagging injuries that, 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 you know, I've kind of been ignoring for the past couple months or a couple years or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, I need to let those heal up a little bit. And, you know, this is my busy season with Christmas parties, holiday parties and whatnot. So, you know, I also got to think about, you know, at 40 years old, you know, I'm not trying to go to WWE. I'm not trying to go to AEW. You know, my, my purpose now more than anything for me in the business is to help the younger guys that actually do. Well, that's help good. Help younger guys get better. Help younger guys put together better matches. Help, you know, younger guys, uh, you know, cut better promos, you know, be better characters. And, and you know, like I said, be better people. You know, and, let, and I... I I, like I said, I like the fact that I'm able to tell people from experience, you know, that might be going down the same road that I was going down in my younger years of, hey, there's a better way, you know, you don't have to do this. Or, or people that have experienced it and have gotten in trouble, that you can pick yourself up. You don't have to, like, you know, let, you know, the system corrupt you and, and make you something you don't want to be. I totally agree with you as well. And thank you so much for coming out of your uh, busy schedule to come on and share your story. No, no, I really enjoy it. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, my thing is to inspire now and, uh, you know, and, and, and to help guys, you know, uh, become better wrestlers and better people. But that doesn't mean my wrestling career is over. So definitely, uh, you know, everybody out there listening, check out American Combat Wrestling. You can also check out uh, ACW on uh WWN Live, they do like a nine ninety nine a month, and that's where uh, with the World Wrestling Network that brings you uh, organizations like Shine and Evolve and FIP and whatnot. Where ACW is also one of the promotions that that work with them. As a matter of fact, Evolve pretty much now is like the uh, you know the feeding ground for NXT uh, because NXT is pretty much their own brand now. So, you know, NXT used to be the, 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 the feeding ground for, you know, Raw and SmackDown. But, you know, since NXT has become its own brand, uh, Evolve has pretty much become, uh, you know, their feeding ground. And, you know, guys like Roderick Strong and uh, Johnny Gargano and Tabasa Champa and guys like that have come out of Evolve. And, you know, obviously, as you can see, have found, you know, quite a bit of success in NXT. Oh, I totally agree with you as well. Um, hey, this was a blast. You you were a cool guest tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 my pleasure, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I hope I didn't run on too much um, and, and blab too much, but uh, no, I mean, anytime I get an uh, opportunity to talk about myself, <laughs> I ain't going to turn that down. I appreciate that. My, my girlfriend sure doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> she probably does, and she's like, "Oh no, um, no, no." She, she's great. I mean, I think that that too is, is really important too, and let everybody know out there that's you know involved in wrestling. The family is very important too, um, whether it be your mother, whether it be your father, whether it be your girlfriend, your wife, your kids, and everything. You know, family first. But you know, if if you're looking 
Two, use wrestling as a way to take care of your family. You got to do it the right way. You got to get the proper training. You got to put in the time. You got to put in the effort. There are going to be times you're away from your family when you don't want to be. But, you know, you can find quite a bit of success um, in that, Uh, especially now, because, God, what a time to be a wrestler. What a time to be alive. So many options. I, I, I can't even keep up with wrestling anymore. You got WWE, you got NXT, you got AEW, you got MLW, you got um, NWA Power, you got Ring of Honor, you got all these like different platforms. It's like ridiculous. Um, you know, so there's there's plenty of avenues to go and, and plenty of impact. I mean, it's I, I, I it's ridiculous. What a time to be, you know, not just a, a, a wrestler, but what a time to be a fan. Oh yeah, indie like I, I tell to people this all the time. Indie wrestling's on fire, you know. But you also got your little casual fans who don't really care. But like I said, you know, indie wrestling's where it's at today. Well, you know, there, there's been several times where I've seen people that didn't know anything besides WWE, and then they come to an indie show and they're like, "Wow, this is really awesome! I really, en- I actually enjoyed this more." You know what I mean? It depends. I think there's something for everybody, you know. With the NWA, um, for example, I, I love watching the Power because the Power R R R R R. I love watching that because it's so old school, and they do like the in front of the crowd interviews and like the the old like logos at the bottom and whatnot. And it's very old school wrestling. It kind of reminds me of like when I first was watching it. So that's 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 really cool. Then you got like AEW, which is you know, for people that like that new spot fest, uh, super kick kind of wrestling and, and a little more edgier of yeah. mix and, and stuff, you know, and then you got, you know, you're, of course, your juggernaut being WWE and, and, and whatnot, but they're giving you other options with NXT and NXT UK and, and stuff like that. So yeah, what a time to, what a time to be a wrestling fan. Exactly. And, um, everybody else, um, you can follow me at WrestlePopCast1 on Facebook and also on Twitter. You can listen to my podcast episodes on Spreaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast City Network at PodcastCity.net. And everybody have a great evening.